entire time I knew him, he only ever had one goal. To wipe out half the universe. If he gets all the Infinity Stones, he can do it with the snap of his fingers. Just like that. Tell me his name again. Thanos. We got one advantage. He's coming to us. We have what Thanos wants, so that's what we'll use. Let's talk about this plan of yours. I think it's good, except it sucks. So let me do the plan, and that way, it might be really good. Wow. Hello everyone, this is Pause for Popcorn. We are back. It's been a while. Um, this is SCGC's uh, film and TV podcast. I'm joined tonight by my co-host Justin, and we got Kevin, Sam, and John on the show as well. Unfortunately, we lost the first couple minutes of the show just due to some technical issues with the stream. Uh, so we're going to be jumping ahead um, just a little bit, and we'll be starting kind of right in the middle of our spoiler-free impressions. Uh, and from there, we'll go into uh, a, kind of a spoiler cast for the movie. So uh, apologies for the technical issues, but let's get started. Who should go see it? Like, like if you're somebody that hasn't been interested in the Marvel movies, mm-hmm. you're it, it will do nothing for you. It's not like it's going to change your mind on the mm-hmm. MCU or anything. Yeah. Uh, Sam, what did you think? Yeah. Um, geez, what do I say? It's incredible. It's actually a much funnier movie than I thought it would be. Yeah, that really it, it's much me. funnier than I thought it'd be. But at the same time, it knows when to stop the jokes and when, okay, mm-hmm. it's enough. We need to pipe down here. We need to keep quiet so the serious tone can take over. It's easier to name those who don't get a chance to shine than those who do. Absolutely. It's emotional. It's fantastic. Go see it. Yeah, and... You touched on the humor again, and I think that's what really surprised me um, was how funny it is. But you get a really nice gradual decline in that um, as the movie right. starts to things really start to escalate uh, in the last third of the movie. And unlike, I, I know everyone has different feelings in some movies. This really bothered me with Guardians of the Galaxy too. Uh, I know Justin really liked it, um, but in some of the movies, I just feel like all of their big emotional beats are undercut by a need to make a joke right after. Um, and again, like in Thor Ragnarok, that doesn't really bother me because that's trying to be a comedy. But I think in something like this, they really needed to have know when to pick those moments. And I think they did really well. So I'd agree with you there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and John. Well, you know, I mean, with so many characters being introduced with no context, I mean, I just didn't understand any of it. Um, but, <laughs> we really uh, needed a Corvus Glaive origin story. Yeah, we, we just... really did, yeah. If I could just get more characterization behind Cull Obsidian, I think that would that would go a long way for me. No, but um, it, it is, uh, I would say, in my top three Marvel movies now. Mm-hmm. Um, Spider-Man Homecoming is still number one for me because I'm just um, a huge Spider-Man fanboy, and it's... <laughs> Somewhere, it, I, for the second spot, I'd have to give it either Infinity War or uh, Winter Soldier, I think. 
Um, but for me, I think the most impressive thing about Infinity War was giving characters that I wasn't expecting a chance to shine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, it went that, but that again, that you know, it's a double-edged sword. That also leads to some uh, some omissions that I felt, uh, you know, were made all the more glaring by characters who weren't as integral to the plot line as, as others, getting a lot of a lot of screen time and a lot of voice time. Um, but having said that, you know, like you know, I mean, I, you know, with the understanding that, nothing, that you know nothing is perfect, I thought it was just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, and uh, I'll finish with my thoughts, and I, I agree with you, John. It's not perfect. It has flaws. Um, but I think given the task it had at hand, the number of characters it had, the amount of shit it had to get through to get to the ending, um, it's a miracle it turned out as good as it did. Um, you know, if, I mean, the fact it's even a coherent movie yeah. is kind of impressive. Right. I mean, there's a lot going on, do. but it, it's pretty easy to follow. Yeah. Uh, I think they did. Yeah, I think they did a good job of explaining where everyone was going and why they were together and uh, why they were doing what they did. So, um, okay, that's going to conclude our uh, spoiler-free section. Uh, before we get into the good stuff, uh, I want to give a shout out on Twitch. Uh, we got Kogasu and Dio in there. Um, it's a little hard for me to interact with the chat just while I'm trying to run the <laughs> podcast here. But uh, if any of you guys want to just load up our Twitch page. Um, we can get a little conversation. Welcome, welcome, welcome to my curse every Thursday night. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel your pain now. <laughs> it's uh, a lot of shit going on on my screen. Yeah. Too, so, uh, yeah, I figured we'd start. Let's start by talking about uh, the bad guy, Thanos. Thanos? Thanos? I, I'm... I, Thanos. And I like to refer to him as the MCU's best villain. Um, because, I mean, this is really Thanos' movie. More than any other hero in the movie, I mean... He could, I mean, he had more screen time than than Cap. Uh, I mean, Thanos was an incredible character, and they characterized him and gave him nuance in a way that I was not expecting. Um, and it, we're in spoilers now, right, Jeff? Like we can. Oh yeah. Okay, so yeah, there's no way we'd be able to talk about this. Okay, so, yeah. so there was a, there, there's there's a moment uh, with Thanos where he became more than just ah, I want to kill everything in the universe. When when you find out that he had genuine paternal love for Gamora um, and yet he did what he did I, I mean that just that that was a moment from him that I was not expecting and uh, I, I think Josh Brolin did such an incredible job mm-hmm. uh, you know with the voiceover uh, you know for Thanos really really he, he was really able to capture that kind of conflicted almost it, 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 at that moment it gave Thanos almost an air of I don't really want my destiny, but I truly believe in what I'm doing. And that's the thing about Thanos that I, I think really makes him triumph the most as a villain is, is, is the fact that he is, he truly believes, he's a true believer, right? Like he truly believes, he's not doing this to be evil or, you know, right. for the sake, he believes truly in what he's doing. He thinks he's helping. He sees himself as the hero. And, uh, that's a theme exactly. I noticed in a lot of Marvel villains recently is, um, and that's I think why they've been so strong because they have, uh, interesting motivations and you can actually relate to their motivations sometimes and as it makes sense i mean i'm not thanos but overpopulation <laughs> is a problem it is um you know and while their means aren't necessarily the right solution uh it's their complete dedication and their conviction um and to see things through to the very end that i think makes them uh, so interesting and so scary so well that's the thing jeff is I, I, this is the last point i'll make and i'll i'll, I'll pass it to somebody else but i don't feel 
I feel part of the reason the movie is so strong is because Thanos is such a compelling character. I think if he had just been another one-note villain, like, say, like, you know, Red Skull, mm-hmm. um, I don't think the movie would have resonated quite as much as it, with me as it did. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely not. I mean, it's even pointed out, like, when Doctor Strange is uh, about to confront him on Titan with all the others, and he says, what would you do if you won? What's it? And Thanos says, I'd go home and watch the sunset. Yeah. Just, because I, that's I, all yeah. there is to it. He... Right or wrong, I mean wrong, of course, he legitimately <laughs> believes in what he's doing. Well, I mean, you know, he might have had a point. You know, he, well, no, there's a difference between understanding him and agreeing with him. That's what I'm sure. trying to get oh, at. Yeah, I know. I'm just giving you ours But, uh, yeah, so that was really, really effective. And especially, that was also a very gutsy tone to end on, but we'll get to that later, I presume. Yeah, I'm, uh, John touched on the Gamora bit. I'm still a little conflicted. I'm not sure if it entirely earned that moment. Um, with him and Gamora, but I think uh, Josh and Zoe's performances uh, were good enough to sell it for me. Um, that it still, I still felt it in my gut. I, I just think, uh, but I don't know where they would have done that development without having Thanos in one of the other movies for a bit more. Yeah. It just wasn't time. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also interesting to look at um, how they've adapted this character from his origins in the comics and maybe uh, how they changed their minds about how they were going to do that since his first appearance in Avengers, uh, where they do make a hint at what his comic book motivation is, where he's trying to impress death by doing as much killing as possible. And, you know, at some point between then and now, they veered away from that decision. And I think that's pretty interesting. I was convinced that Hela was going to be the stand-in for death. Um, for a long time, right? And, and they hinted at this way back during the post-credit scene for the very first Avengers, you know, when he said, right. uh, like I was like, you know, to challenge humans is to court death. And I was like, oh, shit, they're going for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when Hela was introduced, I was like, okay, well, she is going to be the stand-in for, the God, you know, for death, and right. Thanos is going to try to impress her. Um, but having said that, I, I'm, you know, I'm, clearly that's not what they did. But I, I'm, I'm fine with it. I think I feel like any more plot in the movie might have just ended up overstuffed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am, I am just fine with the route they took. Uh, and of course, whether or not it will follow what ha- I don't know if you guys ever read the Infinity Gauntlet series. I did. You, yeah. you did. Okay, so I think there's a reason they might have kept Nebula alive. But I will remain. I'll, I'll, I'll keep mum on that one for anybody who has. Yeah, we'll, we'll spoil the movie. We won't spoil yeah. um, things I in ha- the comics. Yeah, that I have. Yeah. I have like the newer Infinity um, like collection, uh, and I have not read it yet because it's it's a giant like hardcover volume this big. I have not gotten to it yet. Well, and, but, and, um, and, you, and you deserve to go to uh, to go into it blind. So I'll yeah. I'll, that, I'll stop there. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think the uh, Thanos is really what makes the movie work um, because there are so many other characters, and I think the approach they they took with it is put him at the center. And see how everyone else reacts to him, uh, and I think that's what. Yeah, to me that that worked really, really well. Um, I I never felt like we were away from Thanos too much. Um, we kept getting to see him, and it they described it as uh, basically like them being one step behind him all the time. And I was really surprised how fast he powered through those Infinity Stones. He has the power really yeah. at the start of the movie. <laughs> Well, and he got it from Xandar, and they only—they yeah. just hit that in like, "Hey, he destroyed Xandar," you know, like kind of a kind of but a. But again, it's like it's smart, it's efficient storytelling, right? We don't need to see him. Yeah. We can imagine what happened. He stormed in there and took it, right? Like, right. I, don't, I don't need to see that necessarily. 
So yeah, no, yeah, I, I I completely agree with you. It's it's, it's the same thing they did with Spider Man Homecoming. It's like okay, we know what happens with Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. We'll just we're you know we're going to assume you know that, and it, it, kind of the same thing with Thanos and and Xander, right? Just tell them you destroyed it, and, and that's all you need to know. So I agree with that. All right. One um, thing that yeah, go ahead. Jason. One thing that I really liked about um how they balanced Thanos in this movie is because like he is such a strong presence in the movie. He probably has more screen time than anybody else. I think. I mean, I think he definitely does. Um, like it really is kind of a Thanos movie, but, um, there's still those moments where you're focused on, you know, the Avengers team and then, you know, Thanos or his, his, um, army shows up and it's still creepy. Like it's still scary and it's still intimidating, even though you spend so much of the movie with them, like the scene in New York mm-hmm. where, um, you know, they, ha- they hear a bang and they run out of strength yeah. in the building. And you just hear screaming and see smoke coming down. It's following Tony as he goes that, down the street. That scene like, shook me, by the way. Like, I got 9-11 yeah. vibes from that. that yeah, was, like, too. like yeah. that scene was probably one of the most effective, like, attack on a city scenes in, uh, yeah. in, a, in a superhero movie that I've seen yet. And, mm-hmm. in like, compared to, like, some of the stuff we've even had in the other Avengers movie, it wasn't that big of a deal, even. It was just, like, a couple blocks underneath I, where I remember seeing a few landed. cops running away, and then a yeah. waitress. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Um, and, you know, and then it, like, cuts to Peter getting the hair standing up for <laughs> Spider-Sense. That was a great moment, yeah. And going out the window and stuff. Like, that, that was... Um, like, that was just a really cool, really effective scene. And usually, like, when you get that much screen time for the villain, they kind of lose that sense of um, of mystery and, you know, being that scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really did a good job of making Thanos still seem powerful and menacing, even with hit, with so much screen time. Well, and, and I think and they did that right off the bat, too, because... Uh... Ebony Maw, who I would love to talk about as a character later, um, at the, like he lays out within the first five minutes of the movie when they're on the Asgardian ship, and he says, nobody has ever had the honor of wielding two Infinity Stones at once. Um, and they really hammer that home, right? You know, they said, there was a great, there was, you know, there was a great line, I think it was from Thor, when they said, uh, basically, uh, somebody said, you know, you know, we, we uh, you know, if he gets all the uh, if he gets all the stones, he's unstoppable. And Thor says, "Well, he's unstoppable right now." Yeah. Um, and uh, and that re- they did such a good job, I feel, of just driving the threat of Thanos home because I I feel like that's you know we can all agree that you know some Marvel villains are better than others, but the villains in the MCU have been kind of the weak link in a lot of these movies, and yeah. and they did such a good job of just making Thanos seem like this not even just a living breathing character, but just like a, a force of nature. Oh, yeah, just the way he just totaled Hulk straight out in the first couple of minutes. I've never seen that was a perfect establishment right there. That was so strong. I think think it was Cole Obsidian stepped forward, and Mm -hmm. then Ebony Maul was like, no, no, let him have his fun. Yeah, I've never seen a a villain fight like that and just, like, actually beat the shit out of someone so quickly. Well, it's like, Jeff, do you mind if I ask a question? Mm Mm-hmm. Um... You know, we're, we're talking about the, we're talking about Thanos and what a strong villain he was. On the flip side, I feel like the Black Order just kind of fell flat for me, um, with the exception of Ebony Maw, who I felt was by far the most interesting member of the group. He was his voice actor was incredible, 
Um, and, he was uh, the one that's like the herald for right, yeah, games, and, right? And, and he had some great lines, like when he was um, when he had Strange up against the wall of that building, and he says, "You must be." He, he said, "He says you must be." He says, "You're so you're some sort of magician. You must be. You must be incredibly popular. You know, you know, you know, with the children." And um, and he was just so powerful and and, uh, and and just kind of you know suave and very cool and very self assured, and he died super fast and and. I feel and like the rest of the like he was he had a lot he had a lot of lines in the small amount of time he's on screen but like Corvus Glaive who's the leader of the Black Order he had like two lines the whole movie, um, and I just felt like those characters existed as plot devices, and I feel like the movie would have been just fine without the Black Order at all. Yeah, like I like, I mean it was kind of obvious. I do they even say any of their names uh, at all in they, the movie? They, 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 I don't Ma, think they mentioned yeah. Proxima Midnight. Yeah, um, or, or and, and they mentioned Corvus, right? Like mm-hmm. Proxima says, you're going to pay for what you did to Corvus. Yeah, um, yeah but like their their names are even like a throwaway line. I, I don't know. I yeah, thought, I thought the one that like acted as the herald was really good for setting the tone, especially mm-hmm. in the first scene of the movie. That's Ebony Wall. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he did kind of go out real easy. Although the alien homage, even with his death. <laughs> shot with it frozen in space floating away. It was really funny. Um, so, yeah, I, I do kind of agree, although I think that one character, especially, like, in that very first scene, was, you know, pretty important to kind of setting the mood of the film. I agree. Yeah, I, sure. I agree they weren't super consequential, but I also would not have wanted to spend more time on them. Um, I'm happy with where they focus the efforts. So, yeah, like, maybe they could have been left out. Um, but, you know, it's an interesting way... To, to escalate the situation, right? They, they arrive on Earth first, um, and that's kind of, you know, precedes Thanos' arrival. Like, I, I, I thought the way they slowly built up the stakes um, and the threat was interesting, and I think dropping them into a couple of areas on Earth and have them face off with the Avengers first and kind of, you know, init- put the initial fear in them uh, was a, a good way to handle it. So... Uh, do you guys, Kevin? Did you have anything else you wanted to add? Um, yeah, no. I, I thought they were fine. Like, yeah, they are obviously plot devices. But I think, I think in the case of this movie, when you're already dealing with so many characters, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I they mean, did what they needed to do. Not, not everything is going to be totally fleshed out. Some stuff's just going to be there. So. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about the rest of the people in the movie. Um, I guess the heroes and just the narrative in general. Um, I'll kind of throw a few points out there. I thought definitely some got more screen time than others. Uh, Tony, Peter, uh, Thor, the the Guardians were a huge focus. Um, Cap, I think, got uh, you know him You're and Bucky. Shafted. Cap was like my biggest disappointment in the movie. Um, like. He hardly did anything. The new shields he got weren't cool. Like they were just <laughs> all. Yeah, kind yeah. of like dull gray little gauntlets. Like his suit was even like faded and not. Cool. Well, like, he was so like he was supposed to be his, his one of his other comic book personas is is Nomad, and, and so like he was basically Nomad without them calling him Nomad, which is good because that would have been dumb. You know, I'm the Nomad. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can call me Nomad now. Why? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, we're using our made-up names. Yeah, yeah, I, just, I made it up just now. It's, it's, I'm Nomad. 
Um, but, you know, yeah, no, I agree. And, well, like, not just Cat, but Black Widow, I can remember two lines she had the entire movie. She was just there. She kicked a lot of ass, but... She kicked a lot of ass, but she didn't, she didn't speak. talk much. Black yeah. Panther didn't say much well, either. No, no, he... Well, and that's the thing, right? It's like, I feel like the reunion of Bruce Banner and Black Widow just completely hit with a thud for me. You know, like, these characters, we're supposed to believe that they're in love and that they missed each other, but, like, it was like, hey... And, and like, they do not revisit that at all for the rest of the movie. And uh, we'll save this for the end, but this is where I'm talking about... We haven't seen Avengers 4. It's entirely possible that all of these payoffs come there. Um, You know, this... I think this movie was just so dense, and they had to get through this, because I do believe them... Obviously, they were full of shit when they said, this isn't a part one and part two, like... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's not... It's only... Not a part one in the sense that the Infinity War is the fight over the stones. Like, wait, fight with Thanos over the stones, and that is but situated, I, but it is clearly a part one of the I, movie. I totally believe them that the second movie is a very different movie about very different things, and um, so... That, yeah, I, that I can believe. You know, I, I really think we might get some of these moments there, but it's it's hard to know. But I agree, there's uh, a lot of characters. They, they've even backpedaled on some of the things that they said about mm-hmm. why they changed the names and stopped referring to them as a pair of movies. Mm-hmm. And I think in an interview I just read today, um, it was said that they didn't reveal the name of the second one, not because it was a spoiler, but because they just wanted everyone to focus on this first movie and stop thinking about what's to come next. I read that too. So, yeah. And that's totally fair. Mm-hmm. That's totally fair. That's fair, but at the same time, it's like, okay, you know, Kevin Feige, you know, come on. You, you don't have to pretend that hard. Yeah, I mean, it's we know that it's a sequel to Avengers 3. I mean, come on. Like, it's, it's clearly going to continue the story. You know, it, it's clearly, I mean... It, it originally it was part one and part two, so I mean they can but say that all they want. But I, I mean I, I really was... think the shock value of the ending here. I mean we all kind of thought what maybe might happen. The mainstream audiences I think really didn't expect this, and I don't think most people knew there's an Avengers four coming because they've barely talked about it. And I think that is what they're talking about. My wife cried, Jeff, mm-hmm. when uh, when Spider Man died. She cried. <laughs> I yeah I think there's definitely a lot of people that had no idea that another movie was coming. There's also people that didn't get what the Captain Marvel <laughs> reference was in the post. Yeah, yeah there was there were, like, um, like tell the hardcore uh, comic nerds like me who were like and the people who were like what is yeah. what yeah. Um, although I do think a missed opportunity for the reveal for the Avengers four title would be like Thanos will return in mm-hmm. Avengers but su- I, whatever subtitle like. I think- Again, as soon as you put that in the movie, there's a headline on Screen Rant. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they wanted this ending. They wanted this ending to soak in for people Mm -hmm. to absorb it. For people who don't know about the next film to absorb the shock. Mm -hmm. Which honestly, that leads into one of my few complaints. I feel like if they were ever going to make an exception and not have an after the credit scene, this would have been the film to do it in. Just end it there. Just end it. I I would have preferred that. I I kind of thought they might have. They might have been going there first, too. I sort of agree, but at the same time, I do like seeing even just a hint of the ramifications on the rest of the world for, you know, you know post-snap. I, guess I, I all... agree, but there's going to be a whole film for that. True, but we'd also... I, I don't know. I, I just... I may, I don't know. Maybe I'm just addicted to Marvel post-credit scenes at this point. I know. Uh, I am, too, but I'm just saying, like, there, there's never going to be this kind of chance again for them mm-hmm. to not have one to just cut it 
Yeah. Um, I, think, I, think, I would... think there's sorry. I think there's potential for confusion there. On a, a like, yes, they do want the ending to sink in. They don't want people talking about what the next thing is. You know, they don't want people to know that it even exists. But at the same time, they're actively marketing the next movie. They are. So, yeah. so if they do just mm-hmm. end it there, and people, you know, the the more general audience assumes mm-hmm. that things take place in chronological order, if they don't have something at the end to say oh, something is going to be done about this, this isn't mm-hmm. it, then then there's less of a chance for confusion of people saying like, what the heck is Ant Man and the Wasp? Why is that even happening? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of people say they're, you know, it's unsatisfying, which I can kind of buy, but I think. Like you said, Kevin, that's you need something. You need to give them a glimmer of hope. Uh, yeah. One thing that I also think is kind of interesting is just like I guess we've kind of transitioned into our ending talk. <laughs> um, yeah, that's fine. Uh, is like is movie audiences getting used to ramifications of like comic book style mm-hmm. death and major events and stuff. Um, and it's been kind of an inter- interesting thing because you, because like people that are avid com- avid comic readers know that you know these huge events occur mm-hmm. fairly regularly um, every few years, and then there's also like a big event to undo it. Um, you know, death also tends to not be permanent for a lot of these characters, um, and I think it's a really interesting thing to see how audiences are reacting to kind of that realization with a movie. Because so far they haven't gone, you know, that far into, like, really comic booky stuff mm-hmm. and storytelling with the movies yet. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see how that pans out in, event, um, in the next Avengers movie and, like, some of the reactions to this one have been, you know, really interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Kevin. I, I think it's uh, really important as an answer to your question as um, how the writers of these movies define death. And if we as an audience can make that determination when we see it happen. So if we talk about something like when Loki is killed toward the beginning of the movie. Uh, what a even, punch. Right. We're sad because this is a character we've loved for a long time. And it, he seems pretty dead. But then Thor says loki has come back from the dead before and even he can't be sure if loki's actually dead however we've seen now two very different kinds of deaths in this movie and it's a little bit annoying sometimes when we as the audience can't figure out is is loki not coming back i mean i, I want to say like i'm pretty confident that this time he is actually dead yeah. and that this wasn't some illusion or something but then, uh, then that carries over to like, is Gamora actually dead? Is there something no, about? Is something absolutely not. About? Yeah. It, it was, like, I, it's, so that like that, you know, like I loved what happened after the snap because I mean that's probably the ballsiest move I've ever seen in a comic book movie. Um, and there were audible gasps in the theater when it happened. But we also know there were two things I noticed. One, we also know that they're filming Spider-Man Two. It we comes out two film. months after yeah, the right. next event yeah, in this movie. We, we know that Gamora is not going to stay dead because Guardians I, of the Galaxy. I, would, I wouldn't say we know that. I don't. I don't. Th- I don't. You think don't think dead. so, but I don't um, think there's any. I mean, I mean, we know Black Panther is going to come back. They're, I mean, mm-hmm. they're going to film another Black Panther. Um, you know, I mean, I, and, and and of course, you know, who got who gets left alive? You know, the you know, very conveniently, the core Avengers team gets left alive. Um, 
And we you also know, know Guardians 3 isn't going to be a Rocket solo movie. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, precisely. I mean, I feel... And those characters are too popular now to keep them dead. I think there are riots if if uh, if all of the uh, Guardians stay dead. Like, you know, Quill or... Even Gamora. I don't think... I, don't, I, don't, I, I think she's coming back. So... I feel like there is the risk of some of those deaths falling flat and kind of like, well, you know, it's comic book syndrome. That's why it's hard to take many comic book deaths seriously because these characters almost always come back. And I feel like that is a mistake that the movie or the MCU now may fall into. I don't know. Does that make any sense? Or um, I, I get what you're saying. I do. Um, it's tough. It's, it's really tough. So the way, the way I see it, um, I get, yeah, we're, talking about the deaths and whether they mean something. I think because the movie had what I feel are real deaths, um, it gets away with it because I still felt those. There was still stakes. I felt like at any point someone could die. When Tony got stabbed, I thought he was going to die. I, th- I and, feel like he should have, though, Jeff. Well, but we haven't seen Avengers 4. And you can't, you know, I maybe he should have. I don't know. But I'm, I'm saying I think... The fact that there were deaths and there were was that tension you felt anyone could die means the movie succeeded. Now, I agree that Spider-Man, Black Panther, Doctor Strange, those definitely ring hollow knowing that they will come back. But I also think a lot of people are projecting their own predictions and kind of using that as like a no-stakes argument. So just hear me out. Um, you know, like you're saying, Lamar's not dead. It. Okay, that's what you think. But if you just watch this movie... Um, yes, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is confirmed, but there was an entire original Guardians of the Galaxy team in the comics before the current one um, with a bunch of different people. Like, the Guardians is a very malleable group. Like, they could be replaced by anybody. So it's not really... I don't think it's a valid Christmas movie to say, well, Gamora's probably not dead. You saw her die. Whether she stays dead or not, she did die in this movie, and there's no evidence that she will return that I saw. Um, yeah. I would co-sign that, and you, I mean, you could apply it to Loki as well. Has yeah. he cheated death before? Sure. But how could they, they maybe before, have right? him he do it the... again? Yeah. Yeah, but that doesn't mean they will. For all intents and purposes, he's dead right now. Mm-hmm. I I know for me, like I like I 100% think Heimdall, Thor, yeah. or not Thor, uh, oh. Loki, yeah, yeah, and, um, yeah. and Vision are mm-hmm. completely done. So I don't um, think so for Vision. No. I think. I do think Gamora might come back, but I, I don't think that'll be, like, an Avengers 4 thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like that might be something that comes up in Guardians 3. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe there's, like, a little bit of a tie into it in Avengers 4, but it really isn't going to be explored till Guardians 3. Like, I don't think that one's going to be, like, an immediate, you know, like a like a quick undoing of the snap where everybody comes back. I don't think Gamora is going to be a part of that. I think there's. I think it's going to be time travel. I, th- I think that's what's going to happen. Um, yeah, I think they're going to go back. So, and because because you remember there are those there are those those careful, uh, photos. Careful, careful. We might uh, let's let's just have a little discussion about this because some people might not have seen those set photos and some people even uh, this okay. call might not want to know this. Have you guys seen you. the set photos from Avengers Four? No. I've seen the. I have seen the set photos, but especially knowing where the story seems to be going now, I almost wish I hadn't, Yeah, if that makes sense. Okay, I have not seen them, and I, I don't. 
Like, I didn't watch any of the trailers for Infinity War before I saw it, and I probably am going to do the same for the next one. Superman comes back alive. I'm sorry to spoil it for you, but... Does he have his mustache, at least? He does, actually. (laughs) And and even even with me having seen them as well, uh, I don't want to attempt to extrapolate anything from seeing them. Like, just because there's a picture doesn't mean that like i can make a determination about where the story is going also there's no context for it right also very true so um we won't touch on that one but i think without talking about those we can assume that spider-man is coming back so we can you know again we can infer that they are going to find some way to fix at least part of this but again that's still you know i see the sentiment like well it's all just going to be undone so there's no there's no guarantee that it will all be undone. Some people will come back. I think some of the existing Avengers are still going to die. Like, I still feel like there's a huge amount of uncertainty. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I think Cap's, like, we don't trade lives line oh, is yeah. going to come back. Like, I'm very much convinced that either him or him and Tony aren't I, going to make it out of the I, next movie. There's no way both of them make it out of the next movie. Yeah, I mean, I fully expected Tony to die in this one, and they even played us around with that scene, you know, when he was dueling Thanos, when he was the last one standing, so I concur there as well. I I don't think the MCU, I don't think Feige will allow both his tentpole characters to be killed. I do think I do think one of them is going, and I think it's Cat. I think the writing's on the wall for him. It's He's going to have, he's going to have the hero's death, he's going to sacrifice his life like he did during World War II, um, and uh, I, I think, he, and then I think Bucky will take up the shield. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I think I think it's Cap. I think his his character has run its course, and that is the perf- that is the perfect end for him. I think there's also a positive side to this non permanent comic book death thing we're talking about, which is what I thought was one of the greatest moments of the mo- movie, possibly the greatest moment of the movie, is a character who uh, the general audience may have thought was dead for you know nearly a yes and, and that, 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 that was a, that was up. that i think was the single most surprising thing in this movie for me like um like there was a lot that was unexpected but mm-hmm. i was not expecting red skull to show up somewhere random in deep space <laughs> i i no had saw that theories coming. i i you know what i had theories for years that he was not dead and people were like nah he's dead i was like nope he got sucked into that cube and uh, he's out there in space and i finally vindication it's a very quick moment but i feel like they did intentionally um lead us to believe that because you're right he doesn't get killed you actually see outer space in the portal that the cube opens Right, and, and I held that theory for yeah. years, but it's been a long, long, long time. I was like, time okay, at this point, he's never fucking coming back. Exactly. I yeah. gave up on that a few years ago. Um, but wow. I mean, yeah, that was that, that was such a cool moment. Well, as soon as he started talking, I heard that German accent. I was like, oh, it's Johann Schmidt. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, it's the fucking Red Skull. And uh, and that was also like, it was it was, it was almost like he was a standard for death. You know, you know his look. You know, like you know the you know the hood. You know the fact that he is he does have a skull for a face. I thought that was a cool little uh, a cool little allegory. Yeah, yeah. And, and did it did it need to be him? Of course not. Like that could have been yeah. any made up character from anywhere. Like it, it serves no real purpose aside from rewarding us for paying I, attention and I, having I those so theories too. for yeah. so long. I think so too, man. Yeah, that was such a Justin cool Hammer. Part. 
It's just it should have been no 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 no. It should have been Trevor Slattery. It should have been Trevor and Thanos showed up and he would have been like bloody hell, bloody hell. Um another just chilling there. Another moment I loved at the ending uh was I Thor had so many great scenes in this. Um I loved his conversation with Rocket, uh where he's just kind of going over his family. Uh, tragedy, um, you know, you. there's a little bit of a comedic tone to it, but it really hit home for me, and I think, uh, yeah, he got to be a fucking badass in this, and when he hit Thanos with the axe, I actually was convinced for a few seconds that they beat him. That was it. You know, I, oh. I didn't read Infinity Gauntlet, but I kind of, I had looked it up after the first Avengers, like, okay, um, are they going to do it, aren't they? And then, leading up to the movie, I was like, well, they're teasing it so much, there's no fucking way they're actually going to do it, so that was like a really nice... I had a rapid amount of emotions going through me where I was like, oh, they did it. They stopped him. And then there's no time to breathe. It's just like, and yeah, yeah, that, that was, that was such pure catharsis. I mean, and can we talk about the fact that Thor is now like the strongest Avenger? That's I mean, he, I mean, I, I think he was always the strongest Avenger. He's so powerful in this movie. But, like, like he, he is the all father at this point. And he is. Yeah. Like, and... like Thanos couldn't stop the ax with all six stones. Like, there's nothing that can stand against. Well, I, I mean, and what, he, he but, took a hit from a supernova but, too. But, but I mean, that's what that's what I mean. Thanos said he's. I mean, if he had gone for, I mean, Thanos would be dead right now if he aimed a little higher. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and 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 he did it single handedly. Like it took. I mean, it took Iron Man, Captain America, Doctor Strange, the entire almost the entire Guardians of the Galaxy team to just fight him to a standstill, mm-hmm. and Thor almost wiped the floor with him by throwing his axe. Yeah. So he he was, and and you know, if we're if we're gonna talk great character moments, can we also give a shout out to Drax, who I think Drax has is so good. So <laughs> this best comedic delivery. I mean, really, I mean, fucking, who would have thought Dave Batista? Um, <laughs> you know, Dave Batista from the WWE. I don't watch wrestling, but that man, that man's Drax is just a national treasure at this point. So I, I feel like he had some of the. Some of the best lines he has had since that character's inception in the MCU. On that note, what I find so impressive about some of these Marvel movies is how seamlessly different writers can take the same characters and they still feel like the same people. They still feel so consistent. And I don't know how they wrote the Guardians so well in this. I'm sure they consulted with James Gunn, but the, the screenplay is still from them. I, w- I was shocked at how much I liked the Guardians in this movie. Like, I think I liked them more in this movie than I have in either either of their owns. And, like, I wasn't expecting them to have so much screen time. Like, I had almost forgotten that they were going to, you know, be in this movie um, ahead of time. Like, and I didn't expect them to be so central to this one. But they were, they, they were and they were, they were all great. I, I really enjoyed, like, each one had a couple really great moments. Well, and what's interesting about the Guardians is that, let's not forget, I mean, the end game of the movie is really Peter Quill's fault. Yeah. They would is. have had Thanos if not for if not for Quill. And, um, yep. and that's another thing. I get why people are upset with that, but at the same time, uh, to me, when people make stupid decisions in movies, there's two different categories, right? There's Prometheus and Alien Covenant where you have scientists who are trained with this stuff and then step out into the alien world with no masks, no respirators, you know, making, doing things that they should know so much better than to do. Um, right. But I think with Peter Quill, you're just seeing a real person overcome with emotion doing something irrational in the heat of the moment. 
and like you may not yeah like that was it. totally it's in stupid, character for him but yeah i mean you've seen how he acts in some of the other movies like yeah it's in character and it's understandable even if you hate it oh no i i know I, I don't hate it at all i just like i and i feel like that scene where him and Gamora finally tell them, tell each other that, you know, they love each other, you know, when Thanos is taking her, <clears throat> I feel like I, that was so, I, I, that was really, that really hit home for me. And so I really felt like Star-Lord's reaction when he finds out that Gamora is in fact dead, mm-hmm. I feel like th- that was one of the moments in the movie that was really earned. I, I, I think that was, I you agree. Know, yeah, that, that really, I was... You know, I I had a feeling that's what might happen. You know, in the seconds leading up to that moment, I was like, okay, he's gonna find out that Gamora is dead, and and I just I was really really happy about the way they pulled that off. Um, and uh, and man, that moment when they had they almost had the gauntlet off Thanos's hand, and he grabs it by his fingers. I was like, oh god, they almost had him. Yeah. Oh. And, and building on that with the gauntlet, I love how they color coordinated all the attacks. So it sort of made yeah. it easy for the general audience yeah. to understand, okay, all right, he's using the Power Stone and mm-hmm. the Soul Stone, or, okay, now he's using the Space Stone and, uh, the you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that really that really worked out well. The action was just, I mean, it goes without saying, but that was stellar. Yeah. Was anybody, was anybody surprised, by the way, just a little off topic, but was anybody surprised they killed Black Panther? No. Yeah. Well, given that, given yeah. that character's massive popularity right now? Um... So I, okay, so, so I, I did. So, go okay, ahead, go ahead. you go ahead. I'll, I'll tell, <laughs> right. I'll tell my so story. I, after. I read another, I read another interview that actually addressed this. Um, well, of course, this was written before Black mm-hmm. Panther was so successful, and uh, they were worried actually that it wasn't going to be a hit, and that their bet on setting a huge chunk of this movie in Wakanda was a mistake. And so they were pretty relieved when it turned out that that was the opposite uh, of their expectation. Because, you know, there's also, um, like, I think Bob Iger was was talking at some, like, business thing. And he said that a lot of people were shooting down the idea of doing Black Panther when they were in the planning stages. So it seems like there was a lot of doubt around that movie. So I'm not surprised that he died because I think that they did not predict the reception they were going to get for that movie. That makes sense. That and, does and make sense. Honestly, that makes it all the more powerful as a result, especially with that shot leading you to think, oh, no, oh, no, Okoya, oh, no. And then you're like, oh, crap. Yeah, there was well, a you, lot of... I mean, yeah. I think even... I think normally I would have been surprised, but, I mean, they even went for it with Spider-Man, who is, like, internationally the most yeah. popular superhero. So, like... It doesn't really surprise me all that much, especially kind of with what it seems like, you know, the nature of everybody that got snapped is going to be. You know, I, I kind of um, have the same reaction with, uh, with oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to talk about you, man. But uh, just just one thing, I, I do have a story from audience reactions in, uh, in uh, my theater. Um, when the credits started rolling, um, this one black lady got up and started just pacing up and down the aisles, glaring at everyone, just saying they did T'Challa dirty over and over again, <laughs> <laughs> like waiting for the, uh, while waiting for the post-credit scene. I, I love the idea of an entirely new group of Marvel fans coming on board with Black Panther that weren't really into comic book movies, and then being like, "Fuck yeah, this is awesome!" Going into Infinity War and then walking up and being like, "What the fuck?" It was like a six, seven-year-old girl that was dressed up as Gamora, oh, no. full green, oh, no. everything. 
And I saw her and smiled, and I'm like, oh, that'll be cool, because, yeah. like, I didn't think ahead. Um, <laughs> I did not see her after the movie, but I, I hope she's doing all right. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. Poor children. Poor children all over. I know, um, yeah. But, uh, I mean, that scene, that scene with uh, Spider-Man with Tom Holland just breaking down mm-hmm. like that was... That was, improv- that was improvised, by the way. Did you know that? Yes, yes, I did. I read that earlier today, actually. Sorry, what was that? I missed it. The scene with Tom Holland uh, crumbling into nothing was... Uh, he, he, improv- he improvised that. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, that was good. Between that, that really and the debris scene in Homecoming, like, yeah, that's those are two really strong moments that he just carried. Uh, his performance and, was and, really good. Well, and, you know, like, you know, you know, we're talking about people fading away. Can we just mention that the lack of any accompanying soundtrack to that was just so haunting and powerful. And it just, it, it, it made those moments hit so much harder for me, just the silence. And then Cap is yeah. sitting there on the ground and then he just says, oh God. Yeah, the, and, the, the, he got to get the last words there was, mm-hmm. with no soundtrack was perfect. Well, yeah, and, they, and, and, I'm sorry, Jeff, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I totally agree. Um, regardless of whether they're permanent or not, the, the impact of seeing these people just disintegrate into dust and the impact that will have on all their friends watching that, uh, for me alone, was very powerful in of itself. It was extremely visually well done. Well, it's such a, it's such a, mo- it's such a vulnerable moment from a character who is traditionally just very confident, very assured. Like, you don't ever, like, Cap is always, you know, he's not He's arrogant. never defeated. He's, he never gets He's up. never defeated. Yeah. And he just sits there and he says, oh, God. And that really, that right there actually really sold that whole sequence for me. Mm-hmm. I agree. Absolutely. I, I also just, like, when the credits started rolling, the audience was silent um, in my so, theater. Yes, and then... When it says the Avengers Infinity War and then that turns to dust and blows away, there was a guy in our theater that audibly was just like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) I noticed that such a twist of the knife. I was like, no. Uh, Oh my God. But uh, no, I thought that scene was super well done um, in the moment, even no, no matter how like they go back and, you know, you know, maybe completely undo it or partially undo it or whatever. Um, Like the scene was just so well done. And like, especially like with that really awesome, like hype moment of, you know, Thor coming down onto Thanos right before it and and everything happening, like was just such a perfect, like point counterpoint in terms of tone. Um, Yeah. They give you hope and then they snatch it away. This is kind of a small thing, but after the fact, did anyone else notice how the gauntlet was basically, like, burnt out? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I do, yeah. But But don't forget, there's there's another gauntlet. Uh, In the forge? Yeah, yeah, there's one. Fake one that got destroyed? But is that, like, a prototype, or... I thought that was the mold. The mold for the gauntlet. I I, I got the sense that that was an actual other gauntlet. Who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. I just don't know why they would have made two, but... Prototyping? Could be. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, he can, so here's the thing. He can clearly still use the gems because he mm-hmm. used the space stone to get out of there when he got stabbed by the axe. Sure, sure. I just thought it was clear that it was like, okay, don't do that again. Using all <laughs> yeah. six stones to do something like that. Where yeah. and I like how the the screen just flashed white 
-hmm. with the snap because, you know, all six colors combining for the white. That was a little yeah. neat effect. Oh, that, that is cool. Yeah, I hadn't even considered that, actually, Sam. Do, yeah. How do we feel about the emotional impact of the scene that happens sort of between the snap and its consequence where Thanos goes into some strange mm -hmm. vision and a uh, uh, young Gamora asks him oh, if it yeah. was worth it. Yeah, I got the sense that was the afterlife. Yeah, I, I thought I thought I thought Thanos had snapped himself for a second when <laughs> I, did I too. <laughs> when, when 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 that happened, like because that would have also been a really interesting way for it to go, like if he had also gone with everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I, I was wondering if if maybe they were setting up something where he might have regretted his decision somehow by making him confront the the image of the thing that he cherished the yeah. most in the world. Um, and dealing with the loss of that. But then it ends well, with him smiling, so I'm not so, so sure. So here's the thing. So, so like, I think it was... Who was it that just said he might end up regretting that? Who was that? Uh, Are you asking, like, me talking? Yeah, no, no, no. Somebody just said... Uh, somebody just mentioned Thanos and the possibility that he would regret what he did. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, somebody just said it. I don't know who said it. but That, that was me, Kevin. Uh, okay. So, so what's interesting to me is that... It, and I don't know if you guys caught this, but that moment where Doctor Strange was using the Time Stone to look at, you know, 14 million different possibilities right. and they only win one. Mm -hmm. Well, then there's that moment right before he fades away because he gives, because he had said, I'm going to let you die rather than give up the Time Stone. But right. then he, he reneges on that. And then right before he fades away, he says, Tony, it was the only way. And then he fades. And I'm thinking that he saw into the future and the only the only way to the only path that led to Thanos's defeat was actually to give him the time stone. So so in a sense he could he he could live to kind of you know regret what he did. That's that's what I took away from that scene is that he Doctor Strange knew the outcome, and in order to facilitate that outcome, he knew that he had to sacrifice everything. Agreed. And, and everybody... Agreed. He did not. He did not have a change of heart. I still believe he meant what he said about, I will let, you know, Tony die, I'll let the kid die to save this stone to be a guardian for it. But after seeing all those, you know, millions, of, I think it was 14 million futures, he knows that the only way for Thanos to be stopped, like you said, is to give him the time stone. And my prevailing theory is it has something to do with Thanos having to rewind time. But the mind stone was destroyed, and then he had to use the time stone to undo that. Maybe they'll be able to exploit that somehow in the future i, I, I still have a gut feeling that whatever however they fix it whatever happens in avengers 4 i really don't think they're going to be using the stones to do it i think it's going to be quantum realm um that's and possible some other because yeah, I, I mean thanos is far away he's got all the stones i don't even know how the hell tony's going to get back i guess he's going to go with nebula um yeah how, how's tony getting home like that's, that's what something I was that nobody's too. really like, touched on like it's like, like uh, he's probably more screwed than well, a lot of people yeah. right well now. his nanites can replicate so they can just give enough time and his suit will be finished again yeah but he can't he's like on the other side of the known universe <laughs> i know i know he's just space flight waiting for a hitchhike or something no he'll probably just go with nebula they'll probably find a spaceship well that's right i forgot nebula was there yeah yeah so, I'm sure they'll find the yeah they'll you know what you know I'm guessing they'll probably find a ship on Titan that's been abandoned somewhere. That would be yeah. my guess anyway. But I caught myself thinking that too. All like the movie just ends. Like, it, let me ask you guys, how do you feel about the movie ended? There's that shot of Thanos doing exactly what he said he was going to do, I sitting and watching it. the sunrise. 
Mm-hmm. I loved it. I just him sitting there smiling, like. But it wasn't like a smile, really... like an evil smile. It was like a no, satisfaction, no, was like, like a, I'm at peace. Like he yeah. was satisfied mm-hmm. and happy and proud. Like it just really nailed in his whole. I have the will to do this. This is what the universe needs. Um, when the, when that happened, and the movie ended, somebody, as I've seen it twice already, and somebody on Thursday night in my, in my theater yelled, "Eat shit, Biggie!" <laughs> um, oh, so good. So we spent quite a bit of time on the ending. I want to move to our last topic, um, which is let's talk about how this movie fits into the bigger picture, um, how it fits in with Avengers 4, and, like, is it valid criticism to say this doesn't work on its own? Um, is it valid to be upset about the cliffhanger? Uh, is it valid... That, is it an excuse for the movie that certain things didn't pay off or certain things aren't explained because they're explained in Avengers 4? Uh, Kevin, why don't you go? Okay, um... I have a very strong opinion on this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to refer to an article that was written by Phil Hornshaw, who I interact with on Twitter all the time. He's a freelance writer, and I really like a lot of his opinions. And uh, he wrote an article for The Wrap where he says um, that it doesn't cater to the casual fan might be off-putting, but there are lots of other movie series and blockbuster franchises that do Critics are welcome to, to, to the cynical view that Marvel has created the giant self-sustaining ticket-selling machine. The truth is also, that though, that Marvel's successful MCU experiment sells tickets because it supplies something that doesn't exist anywhere else in movies. TV series-like investment with series finale-like payoff. Yep. So I think, I think yep. that um, it, it's a really easy comparison to make when you think about this as a TV series, because... It's not like we're not used to seeing stuff like this where, oh, we can't handle cliffhangers at the end of a story or we can't handle introducing characters over a long period of time. It's just that it isn't typically done in movies, so why not appreciate and enjoy when something like this is finally done? Why is is that a bad thing? I don't really understand. Yeah, I mean, the MCU is really, like like you said, like other people have attempted, but it's such a unique monster um, in terms of the history of cinema. Like nothing like this has ever been done, you know. Especially now, they're so natural with the way characters cross over and stuff. And like TV shows, you have uh, your ones that progress the larger story arc episodes, but then you've got the more standalone uh, story of the week type thing, like uh, you know Thor Ragnarok or Ant Man or something like that. Um, and I think, yeah, it's this movie only works because everything else existed, but that's not necessarily a flaw. I think um, this movie couldn't exist without all those other movies. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. And I think, um, I do think, you know, if you wanted to critique it, you know, not as being able to stand on its feet as a singular movie, if you're a critic, I think it's valid. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's a bit misguided. Um, But I do think, you know, that that is like a perfectly valid way to look at it um however like i do think that kind of why some of that's coming up is because i think this is like one of the only movies in the entire mcu that isn't accessible like almost any other one you could just pick up and watch mm-hmm. like my mom has barely hardly seen any mcu movies at all and she watched thor ragnarok fine and enjoyed it 
Whereas this one really just assumes you've been keeping up on it. Yeah. Which is why I think the like lists of, oh, here's the movies you need to watch and which ones you need to skip um, to see Infinity War don't really make... like they, Those seem very misguided because I think the point is like if you only want to see the ones that are required to see Infinity War, you're probably not going to appreciate Infinity War because you don't appreciate the MCU Agreed. as a whole. Um, like, it's definitely not... Like, it, it tosses off out the usual blockbuster accessibility that um, most most blockbusters, most Disney films, and even most of the MCU has, which I think, you know, has been contentious with some of the critics. And I don't think it's invalid, but... Um, I do think it is remarkable they were able to actually make it work. Uh, Sam, you said you had some stuff to say about it. Um, it's difficult. For me, no, but I, I will totally co-sign the idea that if you're just looking, you know, skipping around hunting and pecking for, oh, can I see this one but skip this one, then Infinity War at the end of the day isn't really for you because it's the payoff, at least the short-term payoff of this investment of these 10 years. And b- I, by the way, did anyone else catch the 10 years in the Marvel logo? That was yeah, cool. That, yeah. That, that was really cool. I like that. It, you know, just shows how far we've come. I remember being like, you know, barely even a teenager watching Iron Man in theaters. And it, wow, it's crazy. God, the years you young, been. you young. <laughs> yeah. I, that was, that was my, that was the end of call my freshman year in college. God, I was, a, I was a father by the time that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it's like, so, you know, just saying that it's the payoff for all that. I think it's perfectly fair for the film to choose not to answer some questions because, again, it it is sort of like a TV series finale, right? Something is going to come after it. I mean, the fact that people shouldn't expect to see a film after that idea is kind of ridiculous to me because they've literally been advertising Ant-Man and the Wasp Mm -hmm. in the past couple of months. So people know there's going to be more MCU films. They know this isn't the end. But at the same time, this is what we're left with right now. And if that needs to be a cliffhanger, then so be it. People need to accept the emotional weight of what's going on to try and process it for a year. Mm-hmm. That's, sort of, that's sort of where I'm on the, at on that. Although, to be honest, that could change. I need to see it a second time, and I might feel differently after that. Mm-hmm. John, you've been uh, quiet. No, I, I I don't I don't really have a whole lot to add here on this one. Um, I can tell you right now I am I am going to I am going to go back and see it a third time, and probably even a fourth time, because uh, I feel like this I feel like this is one of those movies where there's so much I missed and there are so many little callouts that that I want to you know people I hear people talk about them and I'm like okay well I didn't I didn't catch that. So I, I want to go back and, and see it for myself. Plus, it's just a, a, you know, it's a great movie, and I'm a huge Marvel fanboy, so I'm going to go see it again. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, I'd rather give the floor to somebody else, actually, who hasn't talked as much as I have, because I've spent a lot of time running my mouth. Uh, I mean, I, I'm good. I've pretty much said my piece on everything, I think. Do you guys have anything else you wanted to add? Um, I just have kind of one question, which I don't have you know, a personal answer too, but it's something I've got been thinking about since I saw this movie, and um, you know, and like I know we started mentioning at the beginning, like, oh, uh, where does it rank in your Marvel movies? And I'm not sure where I'm going to put this one because um, I think I kind of need to see where the story goes and everything because it is part one of a story. Um, but like, I'm not sure. 
and like I, obviously I really enjoyed the movie, but I'm not sure I would be as excited to rewatch this one as a lot of other ones um, outside of the you know excitement of seeing like this big event, big crossover event you know in the theater opening night um, because it isn't as much of a standalone story as mm-hmm. a lot of the other MCU films and because. Um, you know, I mean, it is kind of a downer <laughs> movie, yeah. um, um, and it is well executed. But it seems like, like it's not, it's not one of the ones I think I'm going to go back to a ton. But I mean, that could that could change o- over time. And I didn't know if you know anybody else had thoughts on that or like what? Kevin well, yeah, said, I, it's just I, exhausting. I, I, yeah, I think it's an it's an interesting thing because like my instinct is to defend it because it's doing something unique. But at the same time, like you said, Justin, I can't really, you know, attempt to rank it or, or say much about what it is because it's so dependent on what comes next. And so I just kind of say, this is a thing that happened and I saw it and I'm going (laughs) to wait and I won't truly have an opinion until I feel like I have the complete story. Well, we'll come back to it next. We'll come back to that next year, I guess. Well, <laughs> so I've got well, I've got one more question for everybody. Actually, um, I used to think that the Lord of the Rings movies were, you know, when, when, when just when you're talking about scope and a sense of scope, were the most epic movies I've ever seen. But I'm not so sure anymore. And I wanted to ask you guys, do you, like, just as far as just the, the grand scale of what you're seeing, and you know, the grand scale of the presentation. Has there ever been anything more cinematically epic than not even just event, not even just you know Infinity War, but everything that has led up to it? I mean, I think this is unprecedented. Uh, like it's huge in the sense that they're spanning the universe. But uh, this is my own personal opinion. I don't think anything in this topped uh, the Ride of the Rohirrim in Return of the King. Like I. Again, like just the scale of that was mind blowing to me, and I think there was uh, that battle actually felt bigger than the one at Wakanda. Um, so... I'll agree with that. Yeah, the Wakanda battle actually did feel kind of small. It it, it it didn't last. It didn't last as long as I thought it was going to. Well, because they funneled them all to that one area of yeah. the shield and kind of just killed them as they came in. Like it wasn't. I expected them to attack the city and have some sort of huge defenses, and they, it was kind of all just. Kind of like how I felt about the ending of Black Panther, where it was just a big fight on this field, but uh, I didn't feel that all of Wakanda was involved with this, which maybe they weren't. Yeah. Maybe they just had soldiers out there, but um, yeah. Well, some of them definitely died, like in the finale and the sort of the mini civil war that happened at the end of Black right. Panther. So it's not like, and this is just barely after Thor Ragnarok or mm. slash Black Panther, so it's not like they would have really recovered from that. Yeah. Um. I don't have anything else uh, on the topics. Did you guys have anything else you wanted to add? Uh, I got I... one tiny little thing. Mm-hmm. Hulk got punked, and I'm amazed he didn't come out again after that. That was a very interesting choice. To yeah, say the we least. didn't talk about that. That's and it's funny we didn't talk about that when we talk about not getting payoff for things. Um, I thought those scenes were very funny and like entertaining, and it was very interesting what they did with it, but. I can't wait to see how he reverses that, and I would have loved to see that in this movie, how he overcomes that fear. Well, I was I was so surprised that they, you know, had the restraint to not do the Hulk busting out of the Hulkbuster. Well, I know, like I, as soon as I saw him in the Hulkbuster, yeah. I'm just like, okay, I know, I know where this is going, mm-hmm. and like 
it, it really did catch me by surprise that they didn't. And I, I kind of commend them for, for that, uh, for not going with the obvious. But they were going to. Did you, did you see the artwork that dropped today? Um, the, 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 all the concept art from, from uh, Infinity War? That was the, and there's even a Funko Pop with him busting out of the Hulkbuster. Yeah. Um, he well, was, there's, a, there's a scene in the trailer, like the big charge into the jungle. With like the remnants of the Wakandan army, and you got Cap and Black Panther in front, and, and Hulk is Hulk's harsh. Front. Yeah, so I, it, it makes you wonder what changed and when. I truly believe that as much as Marvel has a plan, they also believe in just making shit up as they go, and I think that's why we're misled so much sometimes, and why things change so much over the course of two, three movies. You know, directions you think we're headed aren't. I think they're constantly adapting, adjusting to how audiences receive certain things and, and tweaking parts. And I maybe that was part of the initial plan, and then maybe. You know, at some point when they decided, okay, this is an Infinity War Part 1 and 2, these are two different things, maybe they looked at the Hulk's story and they said, okay, you know, we're actually going to save that for Avengers 4, and in this one, we're not going to get that moment. But Yeah, it, it's definitely possible. It was a bold choice. I liked mm -hmm. it. I liked getting to see more of Banner, him operating the Hulkbuster. That was cool, but it, it was a bold choice, to say the least. Oh, and I, I no think... Hawkeye. Just let's throw that out there as well. No Hawkeye, no Ant-Man. They'll definitely be in, in the sequel, I'm sure. I'm really curious to see where Ant-Man ends up. Uh, part of me just wants it to be a fun, standalone Ant-Man and Wasp. Like, the tone of it is so wacky and goofy in the trailers. Yeah. But I also understand, like, they at some point, everyone... I think they're, they had, like, a... They dropped a teaser the other day like teasing the new trailer and it was just the cast infinity war talking about hey where the hell was ant-man i don't know so that they're almost like advertising as like see what ant-man was doing during infinity war so i feel like they by that nature they are obligated to give some sort of explanation of how he's going to tie in i i do think ant-man being like the post infinity war palette cleanser is a really good move mm -hmm. um <laughs> And then, you know, there's also going to be uh, Captain Marvel. I think I think those two are going to be, like, a really nice tonal lead-in to um, Avengers 4. Because, mm -hmm. um, I, I, like, I, I'm assuming Avengers 4 is probably going to be a bit more of a triumphant movie. Like, I mean, there's still going to be I hope so. loss <laughs> and stuff. But, like, um, I, definitely, I definitely think it's going to kind of more resemble the tone of some of the other marvel movies and i think you know having ant-man as like a pure comedy and then you know introducing captain marvel would mm -hmm. will be really good um really good like things to have in the meantime i'm really curious how captain marvel gets tied into all this considering it's taking place in the 90s she'll i'm sure she will be either in space with the kree or she'll be in suspended animation is what i'm guessing that's all that most likely i'm still curious <laughs> Yeah, or, again, if we're... I mean, I believe the plot of Ant-Man and Wasp is them going to find Janet Van Dyne, who disappeared in the 60s or 70s. So, mm -hmm. if they can do that, uh, again, I just... Yeah, it's really hard to speculate. But I I do actually think that um, there will be something that actually brings her forward in time. I don't feel like she's just been hanging out somewhere. I don't know, cryostasis or something like that just seems a little too similar to what happened to Cap. Like, yeah, it's true. I really feel like there's going to be a, a thing at the end of Captain Marvel, um, well, and she's Fury's, just going to get pulled right into the middle of this. Yeah, Fury's pager thing had, like, weird, like, tech on top of it, too. It so seemed whatever old. it was, was it, se it seemed old, but it also seemed like it was 
like communicating either through space or time in order to like get to it. It didn't seem like just a straight. Um, Fury's been holding it wasn't on a regular us. pager. <laughs> so, what does he know that we don't know? <laughs> By the way, as soon as we saw as soon as we saw Fury in the post credit scene, I knew we were getting a motherfucker. Well, yeah, and then. Here's a question. Uh, we know Coulson and Fury are in Captain Marvel because it's set in the 90s. If they can bring Captain Marvel ahead, can they bring Coulson back? Why the hell is Coulson well, not popped up in the back in the MCU? Because like, that doesn't make any sense. Coulson yeah. is dead in the MCU because all the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. were killed uh, in this movie. Did you catch the ship, Kevin? Did you pick oh. out? No. No, they, I'm just kidding. I'm not up to date on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I just want to say this really quick and yeah. then I'll let you go, John. Like, what are they going to do now? Because half the population is dead. How on earth do you ignore that? Like, Daredevil and Electra can't just go back to work and be like, oh, well, another day. Well, the Netflix shows are just going to ignore it. Like, yeah. I guarantee the Netflix shows are just going to ignore it. S.H.I.E.L.D., we'll see. <laughs> okay, so, so the most recent episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did very briefly acknowledge that they are still a Marvel show. <laughs> but whether or not... Oh, yeah. I, I have my doubts that anything will be done in regard to the Matt, One of the best Infinity War memes I saw was the pager at the end, but instead of the Captain Marvel logo, it was the Inhumans logo. <laughs> can, 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 can I just say, like, the memes that have come out of Infinity War are... Amazing. Everything crumbling away. Yeah, could you have imagined, though, if they, like, worked in the Fox, like, acquisition into that post credit scene, so you just see, like, the X-Men logo or something pop up? Yeah, Yeah. be patient. We will get that, I guarantee you. Phase 4 is going to be wild. Deadpool 2 trailer even seems to have some... (laughs) <laughs> well, I fully believe. I fully believe that whatever the resolution of Avengers Four is, it's going to involve. They're going to tease the X Men or the, or the Four. I hate to be a Debbie Downer. I just don't think they can because the deal won't close till after yeah, the, Avengers Four. I don't think yeah, they the can contractually put that in the movie. Yeah, the deal's not closing till next summer. And also, it's, I think it would probably be better to like. It, but, but it's wait till that was actually sure. A thing. But it's also Disney. They made that deal with Sony for Spider-Man, and plus, it's you know Disney is probably the biggest conglomerate on the planet now. So they're like, we don't care. Well, I mean, also like if the next movie kind of is like last hurrah for the original Avengers team, I think it would be kind of nice to have it be more focused on them instead of what's coming in the future. I agree. Yeah, keep yeah, agreed. Wrap everything up rather than set things up for the future, right? Uh, you, there's plenty of room to do that. So, well, we're we're well over an hour now, so I think we'll go ahead and wrap things up. Um, thanks to all you guys for coming on. This was oh yeah, fun to finally be able to talk about it with everyone. Yeah, no, there, dude, there was there was no way I was missing this, and uh, I have I I have been needing this therapy session for several days now. So yeah, same. Same. I have been chomping at the bit to talk spoilers publicly, openly with the cast who's seen it. Like, this was great. I wonder how long we have to wait till we can actually kind of talk about the movie in public. Six months. It seems like it's already it's just, happened. I mean, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it at least a little while longer. It, yeah. It's kind of the thing with like 
Star Wars and Marvel stuff and, like, kind of these big nerd event movies, like, I feel like the statute of limitations on spoilers is way shorter on those because everyone that cares sees it right away. And that's how I feel. Like, I'm trying to be sensitive and I'm not going to blatantly spoil stuff, but at the same time, like, you have to understand with a movie that's this big of an event, you're not going to avoid it. If you really care that much about spoilers for this, you would have seen it already. Right. I mean, not everyone can see it opening weekend. Yeah. Not everyone can see it the first five or six days. But, like, if we're on week three, Mm -hmm. come on. You cared about it. You just found a way to see it. I saw somebody the other day that was like, oh, why'd you – it was in some other conversation. It was in a conversation about Infinity War. And they're like, oh, well, you just spoiled Black Panther for me, and I didn't see Black Panther. It's like, it's still in theaters. Yeah. Like (laughs) – um. And also, it was like a spoiler that the villain in Black Panther dies. Like, yeah. Yep. yep. But I mean, I, I think actually Jeff and I have kind of talked about maybe doing like a whole episode kind of focused on spoilers and stuff like that. So that I think that would be a fun topic to kind of revisit. Yeah, don't spoil me on the topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, and. I am somebody that does, like, media blackouts and stuff mm-hmm. a lot, so I've got a lot to say on that issue. Yeah, I would love to do that for our next show, kind of the, the culture of, of spoilers in general and, you know, what the term means to different people and stuff like that. So please be excited for that, but we will say goodnight to everyone. Um, thanks again, every, all you guys, for coming on, uh, and to all of our listeners or viewers. Uh, make sure you follow Pause for Popcorn on Twitter. Uh, there's a four in the middle there, the number, and uh, follow official SDGC as well uh, for our games cast and all the sake related uh, items on there. But uh, we will be back at some undetermined point in the future. And yeah, have a good night. Perfectly bound. As all things should be. I hope they remember you. I'm Peter, by the way. Doctor Strange. Oh, using your made-up names. Then I am Spider-Man. <laughs>